0: So this year for the season of Advent, instead of walking us through the Christmas story again, because I think most of us have a pretty good idea of what that story entails, what I felt God was calling me to preach during this season, to help all of us to understand Christmas in an even deeper kind of way, are some of those important New Testament passages that are not directly about Christmas itself, or at least not When we think of these passages, we don't think about Christmas. But nonetheless, our our teachings that if you know what to look for, actually bring to light the miracle that happened when Christ was born. Or or what I hope to do over the next four weeks as we walk through this enlightening series is to help all of you begin to make some connections that, that you've never made before. Showing you that Christmas really is way bigger and even more amazing than you thought. We begin with Matthew 5, 17 through 18, where Jesus says this, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law of the prophets. I have not come to abolish, but fulfill. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Now, the way that many interpret this passage is that what Jesus is saying here about the Old Testament, the law and the prophets, is that God said it, I believe it, that settles it. God said it, I believe it, that settles it. You guys have seen the bumper stickers and all that kind of stuff. But what Jesus is actually saying here about the Old Testament is that God said it, I believe it, but I have come to fulfill it. I've come to bring it to completion. Because what we find when we do some digging into the Greek word that is translated as fulfill, which is plero, is that it means to fill something up, to bring it to completion, to finish it. Which means what Jesus has come to do with the law and the prophets is not to throw them out or to get rid of them. Because no doubt that is a foundational piece of what's going on in God's plan to save the world. But neither has Jesus come to keep the status quo or to keep things going as they always have. Now, what Jesus has come to do is to bring them to completion, or to finish the work that God started in the Old Testament. The picture being that the Old Testament is kind of like a glass of water that's only filled about halfway. You guys see this? Now, what Jesus has come to do is he's not come to take this glass and to dump it out and start all over again. No, that's not what's going on here. What it means to fulfill is that Jesus has come by building on the foundation that is already there. He's come to bring it to completion. He's come to take things even further than where they were. Does that make sense to you guys? Do you see how that works there? So it's not about getting rid of anything. It's not about... Pushing things aside, it's about taking what was there and building on it and moving to a different level. Or what I believe Jesus is saying here is that even though everything that that has gone before him is important and necessary and foundational, what Jesus is doing by building on the Old Testament is taking things to the next level. Or, Or no longer are we going to be staying in this place where the Old Testament has gotten us. No, what Jesus has come to do is to take us beyond this point into the next phase of God's plan. And that plan is the transformation and restoration and salvation of all things. And then the way we find Jesus going about fulfilling the law and the prophets doing this thing is in almost every single thing he does, in what he teaches and what he does. For example, and this is an easy thing to kind of wrap your brain around. When it comes to eating kosher, how many of you guys know what kosher is? Anybody have an idea on that? I think most of you do. Well, for those of you who don't, Kosher is are these foundational laws that the Jewish people hold to on what you can eat and what you can't eat, and so these were foundational; these were definitive for the Jewish people at that time, and even today for many uh, conservative Jewish people. But this is what Jesus has to say on it, and this is about the fulfillment. He says in Mark seventeen fifteen, excuse me, seven fifteen. Nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them; rather, it's what comes out of that person that. Defiles them. Or in other words, what Jesus is saying to this group of people who in a sense have been defined by what they can eat and all because that's what the Old Testament says. Is that no longer is it necessary to worry about what you eat because food's not what makes you unclean. No, what makes you unclean is what you say and how you act. It's what comes from inside here, not what comes from outside that you put And I know this doesn't sound like much to you and I, right? We take for granted that we can eat bacon and shrimp and all that amazing stuff. But what you've got to understand is that at this time, this was a revolutionary change. This is what made Jesus so scandalous in his time and place. Or this is Jesus bringing the law and prophets to completion, moving things forward closer to where they need to be. And then to see this exact same thing, this exact same way of fulfillment playing out in something Jesus does, what happens on the cross is this. When Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he yielded up his spirit. At that moment, the veil of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. What's being described here is that the curtain in the Jewish temple that separates the holy place from the most holy place, the most holy place being the place where the Jewish people believed heaven and earth came together, where God's presence was was most fully felt, is that it's torn in two, not from the bottom to the top. This thing's 30 feet tall. Not from the bottom to the top, as in someone's at the bottom doing this. It says, no, it was torn from the top to the bottom. Meaning that God is the one who is tearing curtain. And what that means is that God has left the building. Or after thousands of years of God living among his people in this temple, this place that is center to the Jewish faith, God has decided to move out. Because next he's moving into the lives of all of his followers. That's what Acts 2 is all about. That's what the Holy Spirit indwelling us is all about, which is just another way that Jesus came to fulfill to bring the Old Testament to completion. And these are just two of the hundreds of examples that you will find in the Gospels where Jesus devotes his life to bringing the law and the prophets to completion. Or taking God's plan and moving it forward in revolutionary, world-transforming ways as he goes about Bring about the salvation and the restoration of the world. Isn't that amazing when you look at that in that way? I am a nerd, so I love this stuff. It gives me chill bumps. Are you guys doing okay? You guys, I haven't put anybody asleep yet? All right, we're going to nerd out some more, and then I'll bring it all together, okay? Can you hang with that? Okay, so to take this same idea even further, we turn to Hebrews 1, 1 through 3, and it says this. Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors in many and various ways by the prophets. Prophets here being a reference to the Old Testament, right? Most of the Old Testament was written by the prophets, and so that's what this reference is to. So again, long ago, God spoke to our ancestors in many and various ways by the prophets. But, and this is a big but, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son. In the last days He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed heir of all things, through whom He also created the world. Or even though there's no doubt that God spoke to us through His prophets, which was good and foundational back in the day, now it's the case that God has taken things to the next level, which He does not by sending even more prophets, but by sending His Son a son who has been with him and helping him since the beginning, a son who has been walking with him every step of the way. And then what Hebrews does to go on to help us to understand just how amazing this son is, he says this, he is the reflection of God's glory. He is the reflection of God's glory. Or like a mirror reflects your image back to you in nearly flawless ways so you can see what you look like, whether you like it or not, Jesus is the one who reflects who God really is to the world. So we can now see most clearly who God is. And not only that, but Hebrews goes on to say this, Jesus is the exact imprint of God's very image. The exact imprint of God's very image. Or like a piece of warm wax when pressed into something hard conforms to that thing, conforms to that, giving us an image or an imprint. Jesus is the exact imprint of God's being, God's essence, the exact image of who God really is. The point being that before Jesus came into the world, we had access to God through mediators, through the prophets. But now that Jesus has come into the world, we have access to the creator of the universe through his Son who is the perfect image or reflection of who God really is, which ultimately means that if you want to know what God is really like, if you want to know what God is up to in the world, what you need to go do is you need to go to Jesus. The buck stops with Jesus. Or to make all that theological complexity a bit simpler to wrap your brains around, Just imagine that you work for a large company where the owner and CEO runs the business from a headquarters located in some other country. Never seen this guy, never had any communication, any of that. And the way the CEO is running this particular business is through managers, through messengers, right? It's an indirect form of communication, and things are going fine, things are going well. But then, when this CEO decides it's time for the next part of his plan, What the CEO does is instead of sending more messengers, more managers, he sends his son. He sends his right-hand man who has been with him since the creation of this company and knows as much as the CEO. Or this time the CEO has sent his son to show and teach his people exactly what they need to know about where the company is going and how things are going to be changing, along with showing others who the CEO really is. Well, that's what both Hebrews and Matthews are are trying to show us that's happening in and through Jesus. And and why these seemingly non-Christmas passages actually have a whole lot to teach us about who Jesus is and why he came into the world. Because what these passages tell us about Christmas is that what happened on that Christmas morning. It was not about keeping things the same. It was not about keeping the status quo. No, what happened on the day that Jesus was born is that the one who has been with God since the beginning of all things, who is God's reflection, God's image, or God himself, came into the world, and the reason why he came into the world was to fulfill, bring to completion, finish the work that started in the Old Testament. Or to take things as they were at that moment and begin to move them forward by teaching and showing the world who God really is. You want to know who God is? Read the Gospels. You you want to know what God is up to in the world? Jesus, show me who God is. That's what these two passages are proclaiming to us. And that is why Christmas is way bigger and even more amazing than you thought. And the truth is, we're just getting started. There's so much here that we can't get into all of it, but over the next three weeks, we are going to try to see what's really going on when Christ was born. Let us pray. Father, as we start this series, help us to not only understand who you are and what you came to do in even deeper ways, but help us also to to experience you in deeper life-transforming ways. Or Lord, as we make our way through this series, open us up to you. Help us to understand that, that Christmas is way bigger and even more amazing than we thought. And then, oh Lord, once we learn those things, help us not just to know them, but help us to be a people who go out and tell the world about the one who was born to save us all. We ask this all in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. You are invited back next week for another life-changing message from the First Christian Church of Great Bend, Kansas. Please check out our website at www.fccgbk.com. That's fccgbk.com. May you have a blessed week.